Blog Talk Radio. Hello out there, you guys in Blog Talk Radio world, whether you're tuning in through the chat room or over the phone or over the internet or over your mobile device, however you're linking in to Off the Shelf this morning, want to say good morning. Here in Philadelphia, it's actually raining, like not much rain, just light rain, but it's been cloudy the last couple of days, but... The weather is nice. I'm not going to complain. So it's a, it's a it's a beautiful day, just a beautiful rainy day. And I again, I want to welcome you to Off the Shelf for this Saturday, October the 11th. I, I, time the older I get, the t- faster time goes. I can hardly believe it is October. It is October already. But I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. You still have time to tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, your colleagues to dial in and tune in to Off the Shelf. And you can dial in by calling 347-994-3490. And, again, you can let let your, your, let your neighbors, your friends, your family know, dial in to Off the Shelf. You still have time because we haven't really gotten into today's show yet. And the number is 347-994-3490. And now to our loyal listeners, I always like to thank our loyal listeners because we've been on the air almost 11 years now. Uh, we started over at um, Blake Radio, which was started by Neil uh, Neil Blake, and he still has his smooth, his rainbow soul and his smooth jazz. He plays wonderful, wonderful music over there. Uh, that's where we started, and then we came to Blog Talk Radio. But I want to let those who, it might be your first time tuning in to today's show, introduce myself. I'm your host, Denise Turney, and as I always say, I'm coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly and sisterly love. And I, and I thank you so much for your support before I go on, I, I really encourage you to get a copy of my latest book, Love Pour Over Me, not because I wrote it, but because it is a good book, and it has gotten uh, good reviews from, from people who've read it. Uh, it things you're going to get in Love Pour Over Me, I like to tell readers this, because some types of books people don't like. Like, I don't read horror stories. I don't care how well written they are. I just don't read them. But when you get Love Pour Over Me, you'll get mystery and romance and there are high chase scenes in the novel, uh, as as you see how these different characters interact with each other. But there are some very key evolving relationships. You're really going to get to see how people evolve organically or naturally, a father and son relationship and a relationship between five friends and, and, a, and a, the son. His name is Raymond. He's a track star. And uh, the the woman in his life those you're going to see evolve over time, and I mean really, really evolve organically, not these quick shifts. If you appreciate relationships and you like mystery and you really value relationships, I cannot stress that enough, and you also like romance, I think you will love Love Pour Over Me, and you might learn some things about yourself as you read the book. You can read free excerpts at my website, which is Chistel.com, C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com, or you can get copies online or offline. It's in print and ebook at places like Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, Walmart. You can, And if you don't see it on the shelf, just ask the clerk for it. They can order your copy anywhere that you 
request it because it's carried by some of the largest book distributors in the world. Again, please go get a copy of Love Pour Over Me uh, so you can enjoy it and let me know what you think about the book after you finish reading it. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special guest today has been on off-the-shelf before. I'm really excited to, to talk to her because talk about evolving and, and and expanding her career is 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 doing that and she is a grandmother she's a radio talk show host she's a marketing consultant a certified life coach a minister and all that she's also a writer some of the books that she's authored include that was then this is now victorious living for moms right now author's manual Living Separate Lives, and Completely Whole. And she's also, I was when I was researching for to her uh, show today, her, her feature, she's written a children's book, Princess Nevea, and she can correct me on that, the, the word if, later when she comes on, but Princess Nevea is also a children's book, so she's really branching out uh, and, and, and growing her career. And she has a new book coming out, or I don't know if it came out as for such as for such a time as this, so we can ask her about that on today's show. She's online at www.paulettharper.com, and I'll spell it. It's P-A-U-L-E-T-T-E-H-A-R-P-E-R.com. Again, that's P-A-U-L-E-T-T-E-H-A-R-P-E-R.com. P-E-R.com, We are absolutely delighted to have her here with us this morning. She's somebody you want to listen to if you have a book or another product or service and you want to find some different ways to market, particularly online. You might be able to pick up some tips that you can incorporate into your existing marketing platform, or you might want to reach out to her to have her start marketing some of your work for you. So we want to give a, a big welcome to Paulette Harper. Welcome off the shelf, Paulette. Hi, Denise. How are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful, and it's, it's so good to have you back here on Off the Shelf. You are the last time you were on. I think we spoke mostly about that was then. This is now completely whole, and then I think Victorious Living for Moms was coming out. You've come out with a lot of other books since then, and then also your children's book. But I also want to focus on the book marketing piece, and I definitely want to talk about your children's book. I find that exciting in some of your other books. But I'd like to give our listeners backstory on our guests, and some of our listeners may have heard you when you were on before. For our listeners, you can you can look through the archives to find Paulette's other other interview she did with us, which has been more than a year ago, and listen to that and learn even more about her if you would like to. Again, you can go to her website, pauletteharper.com, and learn more about her as well. But I want to give our listeners some backstory on you. So can you tell us where you're from, Paulette, and what life was like for you growing up? Okay. Well, um, thank you once again for having me on, and um, it has been a while since I have been on. But um, a little bit about who I am and uh, my background, I am from a small town in uh, Northern California called Pittsburgh, and that's really where um, I live in, in Antioch, California. 
And um, my background going up, um, I am the youngest of eight. And everyone, all of my relatives, all my immediate family is right here in the in the Central Bay Area. Pittsburgh is, is actually um, close to the San Francisco Bay Area. So if people don't know about Pittsburgh and yet they sure have heard about San Francisco. And, um, you know, basically growing up in a, in, a, in a home with a single mom and brothers and sisters, trying to, you know, just really trying to make a, a, a living as we knew of it and um, grew up poor but didn't know we were poor. And, that, you know, I, I give credit to my mom when she was uh, alive. She never, um, you know, made us feel like we were poor. Because we had food to eat every day, we had a home, and you know, and so um, that's pretty much how how we live. And and when I grew up, um, writing and publishing was far from anything that I had wanted to do. It was really me, you know, just growing up and and going to school and and possibly going to college and getting some type of degree. Uh, When I was young, I I vacillated between teaching and accounting, and so I I really wasn't real clear as to what direction I was going to go in when I, you know, finally uh, finished uh, finished high school. But, um, I mean, over the years, you know, things have just happened in life and just kind of um, placed me in, in where I, really where I am right now. But um, uh, growing up with uh, other siblings, seven other siblings in, in a home was, uh, was very interesting, challenging, and uh, to say the least, um, grew up in a, a very loving home. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, and then, and like so many other guests who've come on the show, uh, they they didn't even think they were going to end up in writing. They some of them have degrees like in engineering and other fields, and it just again they just naturally sort of drifted over into the writing world. But it's funny when you said when you didn't know you were poor when you grew up. I didn't know we were either. You just grow up with love, and you you have your relatives, and then when you become an adult, you look back and you're like, wow, well, you know, we were poor, but. You were happy, and you you had love, and you had the care that you needed. So, and those are the most important things, I think, because as you get older, you can always go and make money for yourself. But interesting backstory. Now, what did you didn't think you were you didn't think you were going to be a writer? You that was the furthest thing from your mind. What were you really set on, or what did you really think? A lot of times, kids don't know what they want to do, but. What did you dream of after you developed a dream? What did you dream of becoming when you were when you became an adult when you were a kid that you said I really want to do that? Well, uh when I graduated from high school, I went to um a technical school. And so um I actually wanted to study accounting. And um, I went to um, Hill Business College, and I went there for six months to get um, my certificate um, in, you know, in finance. And that's really what I pursued, and that's the direction that I was going in. And my background actually is in um, financial accounting. And so um, I've been doing accounting for over 20-something years. And my, um, I, you know, my background is in accounts payables and accounts receivables. So that's my history. And I actually didn't start writing until I was in my 40s. And so I, you know, am a a late bloomer when it comes to, you know, writing and publishing. But uh, nonetheless, it's a a change for me. I still do accounting 
and that's still, you know, my primary um, job that I would do. And the writing is part-time, but it's something that um, I've kind of grown into and maneuvered my way into outside of the uh, my professional um, career in, in accounting. Oh, okay. Accounting to writing. So, t- so your love from writing just kind of naturally grew out of that. That's that that is. How do you get? I'm thinking about a bodybuilder. He's eight-time Mr. Olympia, Ronnie Coleman. He started in accounting, and he said he never thought he'd become like he's he's made history. It's just something that happened. It's odd. People always say you have to stay open because we often get these things fixed in our mind, but what we think is going to happen. It's so important to stay open because you may go in a whole other area. So I appreciate you sharing that. And we've had other guests who've come on that they wanted to do this, and somehow they end up doing something else that they didn't even think they didn't even think of. I want to I want to talk about your books because I definitely want to get into your your books and into the uh, book marketing. Can you tell us when you when did you write Living Separate Lives? And is it a novel? And what inspired you to write the book? Um, Living Separate Lives came out um, the latter part of uh, 2013. And Living Separate Lives is a Christian uh, fiction novella, and um, meaning that it's, it's not a full, a full um, novel. And the inspiration behind that book, um, it is uh, four women, one uh, secret, and the weekend that changed their destiny. These ladies, um, after years of being separated, decide to come together um, for a weekend, and and they grew up uh, or went to high school together. And so they know each other from way back in the day, and they had great relationships when they were growing up in high school. And over the course of time, over the course of, of years, they, um, you know, separated and went in their own direction. But um, fate got them back together again for a weekend, and that weekend was set out to be one of reconciliation, one of, uh, you know, rekindling their relationship with one another and, and building the relationship and getting reconnected with one another. But as it turns out, it doesn't always, uh, <laughs> things don't always uh, turn out the way that we want them to, to, to no, turn out, don't. and that's really, <laughs> and, and that's really how uh, living separate lives oh, uh, come to play. And so um, these four women thought they knew each other very well, but they find out that they really didn't. And each one of them are on different plateaus in life. They're on different social levels. They're on different different economical levels. They're on different um, spiritual levels. Everything about them is different. But one thing that they did have in common was that they did have this bond. They did have this sisterhood. And that sisterhood is going to be uh, put to the test that particular Mm. weekend. And so um, the inspiration really came when I started to reflect on some of my um, high school girlfriends that I went to school with and how our relationship has really evolved. Um, Nothing like in the book, but just that, even though we don't see each other all the time, we still have that sisterhood with one another. And so I think that that is really the core of the book, um, trying to identify with each of those characters and really um, interwining them with one another, yet they're so um, uniquely different from each other. 
that kind of leads into my next question. And the four women off the shelf listeners are Candace, Kaylin, Jordan, and Tiffany. Can you tell us now? They met. You said they did they meet in college or high school? And how are they similar? Like, oh, is are some of them really into high fashion? Are some of them very career women? Some of them into family? How are they similar? And how are they? How are they different? Because that alone can let the reader know where some of the conflicts might come from. Right, right. Um, the um, the four women, when it comes to, um, you know, personality and uh, disposition, Kaylin is the, 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 the one that is very well-to-do. She's... Um, very astute. She went to college. She has a, a great, great career. Her family background is um, it, the, the book center is in Napa County. And so because it's in Napa County, uh, Kaylin actually is the, the one who has spearheaded to bring the, the ladies together. And so they come to her uh, mini mansion at, at, in Napa County. And so um, she is, of course, very um, – she has a lot of class, a lot of money, but she's real down to earth. And so um, with her, she married to a, a Caucasian man, which brings in the conflict that she has with her in-laws because of her nationality. And so mm-hmm. then uh, we have Jordan, which is, Jordan is the uh, one that is kind of, she represents the woman who hasn't experienced too much uh, turmoil in life. She um, reminds me of um one who lives in a picket fence and she hasn't really been affected by too much of, of the stress and drama, you know. And so uh, her trials and her test comes in when she's unprepared, of course, to handle uh, when her husband comes and he wants out of a 15-year marriage. So she now wow. is faced with, oh, my goodness, what do I do and how has life now life is really going to change. And so she has to deal with that. And then um, Tiffany Thomas, uh, men call her the high-maintenance lady. And so she's worked her way up through the corporate ladder by sacrificing many things in life, uh, time, and just really sacrificing her own self because she found something that she wanted more. And so Tiffany is that type of woman who knows what she wants, and she uh, has everything she wants in life except that meaningful relationship. So um, we go on a journey with her and, 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 and how she gets to be the, where she is right now. And she has a um, a list like a lot of us would have, a list of what she wants in a relationship and the kind of man she wants. And she starts to think about maybe her list is a little bit too um um, maybe she's expecting a whole lot more on her list than, you know, what she um, is getting. And so with um, Candace, uh, Candace, Candace Walker is really, um, she represents that 
that mom or that aunt, friend, sister, grandmother, that woman who just won't own up to her own decisions, won't own up to her own wrongs. And so she's that kind of person that wants to blame other people for the mistakes in her own life and blame other people for where she happens to be in life. And so um, most of her decisions have left her broke. Uh, most of her decisions have left her in a state of uh, just really craving for something in life that she's never had, and that's really a connection with um, her family and really a connection with someone to just really love her. And so um, she's lived most of her life hiding behind um, the shadows of her sister. So I take the reader on a, a, a really great journey with her because uh, Candace hasn't had it so well in, in all of her, you know, years of, of living. And so these four women, um, you go from uh, Candace, who's, who's poor and has lived a, a really rough life, to, to Kaylin, to the opposite, you know, spectrum, to Kaylin, who's who's just very, very, very wealthy, and then uh, Jordan, who's never experienced life opposite of Candace, and then Tiffany has everything um, except a husband. And so, you know, these four women, even though they're so different, they do have some things in common. And so um, this really is what the, you know, Living Separate Lives is about, Um sharing about these women and where they are. And I know readers can find themselves in one of these categories or they know someone is, and they can identify with um, with these characters here. Okay, okay. Thank you. I, I love their names as well. We are, Thank can you, you believe it? We've already gone through 20 minutes, and I, I've, it's just so much I absolutely have to cover with you. So I apologize a little bit to our listeners. It sounds like I'm blowing through these questions because I want to touch on the marketing and you've Mm -hmm. written so many books. Uh, Can you tell us about, and and the book that uh, Paula was just talking to us about is a novel, Living Separate Lives. It kind of reminds me of the the theme around the weekend and testing their relationship. Why did I get married? That popped into my head. So if you Mm -hmm. like that type of a story, where somebody you really think you know somebody and then you spend a few days with them uh and you really find out more <laughs> and they change since you've last really spent a lot of time together you might enjoy living separate lives can you tell us uh, for such a time as this is that a novel or is that nonfiction? and can you give us a glimpse of for such a time as this well, you know, for such a time as this uh, is a nonfiction uh, inspirational book, and it is one of my uh, WRP's work in progress. I have several of them that are on the shelf, and that is one of them. And um, that book, um, what I wanted to try to, you know, share in that book is dealing with how life um, presents us with a lot of uh, changes and a lot of transitions, but yet in yes. that transition, we're still we can still be able to uh, accomplish things depending on our mindset, depending on our attitude, and it's really about refocusing in on not just dealing with the um, the whys of life but dealing with how can I maneuver my way through what has happened to me. Ah, 
Okay, okay. And that one is 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 one of several. Do you do you have a target date when it might hit the market? I know you said you you have a couple of books that are a work in progress, and that's one of them. But do you do you have a date for when it might be available for readers to pick it up? Um, I don't have a date yet for for that particular one. I I've just been working on um, my children's book, and then also I have um, I wrote a book called The Sanctuary, and which was released in 2013 as well. And so I'm actually working on um, the second installment to that book, Mending uh, Mending My Heart. So that's one that I've been um, you know trying to stay focused in on and get that. Um, and at least somewhat completed and, and possibly released next year. I have to ask you this listening to you. Now you, you're a writing coach, minister, you do book marketing, and you write your own novels. Are you doing this full-time or do you have another job <laughs> and you do this on the side? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> well, actually, uh, I am retired. <laughs> oh, I'm getting ready retired. to play. Yeah, I've been retired for uh, for three years, and I'm even more busier now that I've retired. Since I, you know, before when I was when I was working, you know, eight to five, I am more busier now than ever before, and uh, so that gives me plenty of opportunity to do what I do. And um, and to be honest, I don't even know how I did what I did when I was working you know, eight to five. I just did it, you know, and God gave me the great the grace to do it. And so I have the time to do what I do now and yet there are still days that I feel like, man, I wish I had some more time. Wow. I, I gotta tell you uh, for the people that I've interviewed, not only here at Off the Shelf Radio, but for different Madam Noor, different magazines that I have written for and I've interviewed some people who are very well established in the business world, one of the ladies, she she uh, did a redesign for the Atlanta International Airport, which was a multi-billion dollar project. And some of these women own their own firms, and they, they, they bring in millions and millions of dollars a year. Their plate is so full. The thing that amazes me is that people who get a lot done, you would think they just have extra time to focus on this stuff. They their plate is so full, and then people who don't do anything, they don't they don't even have as much. That I find that fascinating because that just that fascinates me. You would think it would be the other way around, but it's not. <laughs> their, their their plate is so so full. Want to talk about completely whole before we get into book marketing, which is probably a topic that a lot of our listeners really want to get some tips and advice mm-hmm. from you on how to sell more copies of their books. But I wanted to ask you, is Completely Whole, is that your first book that you came out with? No, actually, um, my first book is That Was Then, This Is Now, This Broken Vessel Restored, and then Completely Whole was um, my second nonfiction inspirational book. Who is Completely Whole written for? Is it written mainly for women, youth, business leaders? And what will these these people that the book is written for, what will they gain from reading the book? Okay. Um, Completely Whole is written for for anyone, really, but, of course, um, more women pick up copies of, of that particular book. And uh, it's really written for those um, individuals who um, want to really find wholeness 
in their lives. It, it's a holistic book, so it deals with the, the spirit, soul, and the, the, the mind, body of the human being. And so dealing with areas in our spiritual lives where we find a lack, areas in our lives where we, you know, can't seem to, you know, get a breakthrough in that particular area. And so it identifies those areas in which we really have to find some sense of of um victory in, some sense of, of fulfillment in. And so being completely whole, it's really coming to a place that I'm whole in every facet of my life. Not that, you know, I'm perfect, but that, you know, there's certain areas that I have addressed. There's certain areas that I'm dealing on, dealing with, and those areas I'm going to, um, you know, find some kind of, you know, uh, completion in it or being being made whole in certain areas. And some of the things that I talk about in that particular book is dealing with finding your purpose. It's dealing with finances. It's dealing with, you know, your health. It's dealing with um, your relationships. And so I try to find different topics to talk about in that book because these are certain areas in our own personal lives that we might have, you know, difficulty in. I know um, for some people finding purpose is a major, major um issue for some people. They don't know why they're here. They don't know why they were created. And so finding wholeness and being completely whole in your purpose, because in that way you can, you know, fulfill what you've been called to do. So those are some of the areas that I talk about in the book. And then, um, of course, my books are all, um, you know, uh, centered around the scriptures and bringing Christ in it and, the, you know, the um, and, and finding, you know, uh, a sense of fulfillment in, in in, in God, in the Word, and then finding your place of bringing yourself into a place of wholeness. Wow, okay, okay. Um, did you when research for the book? A lot of people, when you read a book, and I'm thinking about Malcolm Gladwell, uh, some of the books he's written, The Tipping mm-hmm. Point, and I forget some of his other uh, nonfiction books that he's written that I've really enjoyed. But... Mm-hmm. People sometimes give more credence or credibility to a nonfiction book when they see that there's a lot of research work that went into it. Not that it, that that's required, but when mm-hmm. you were compiling the data for Completely Whole, did you rely on, you know, like mainly your personal observations, perceptions, and experiences, or did you actually do a lot of research, researching material other people had written interviews, et cetera, or didn't, and, and or did you go out and survey and interview people to get the data for completely whole? Um, it uh, actually was twofold. It was, <clears throat> excuse me, through my own personal experience and observations and through um, a lot of scriptures. I use a lot of scriptures in there and really researching um, the the you know, actual content of the scriptures, actually what the original content, I should say, uh, what scriptures mean. And so I, those, those were the two um, tools that I used to develop that book. It was, you know, me and my own experience, but then also using the scriptures and, and bringing the scriptures in as the, the foundation and the support for coming to the conclusions that I did in that book. Okay, okay. Um how can, because this is some of the topics I know you cover in Completely Whole, how can we, anybody, anybody, how can we remain joyous, Paulette, and completely whole in today's world? It's very mm-hmm. fast-paced. 
you've got ups and downs. Sometimes you think you're going up and you <laughs> you think you're going down and you end up going up. But it's constant change. And I mean, at, when I look back, and maybe this is through all generations, you look back over your childhood and you're like, it seems so much simpler then, but maybe mm. not to your parents and your grandparents, but it feels like the world is going at warp speed. How is it possible with all these ups and downs, all these changes, all these surprises that come at us, mm. how can we really remain joyous and completely whole in this world? Well, you sure did say a whole lot in, in that, and, and you're so <laughs> you're so correct in that. You know, I, I feel just like you when I was younger. It was like, you know, everything was just, you know, all hunky dory, and we had no care. We had no care because it was our parents, you know, and, and our grandparents, right. you know. But then when we, when we get uh, older and, and more mature, we realize, ooh, you know. But how do we stay <laughs> joyful? <laughs> you know, I think really it has. You know, I can only give you know, from my own personal experience, um, it's my relationship with Christ. And because um, he brings me a sense of fulfillment, and regardless of all the chaos that goes on in the world and even uh, chaos um, around me, all that stuff doesn't have to get in me. Chaos doesn't have to live within me or the the, the results of it. And, and so I found that he brings me that, that sense of peace. And uh, regardless of what's going on in in the world and even what's going on in my own personal life, um, you talked about, you know, you up one day, you're down one day, and then unexpected things come, and that's life, you know. And I found that as long as I remain um, in him, meaning that he's in control, of everything, and I know for me when some things come and it just totally takes me off target, or I'm just totally my world is rocked because I did not expect that, you know. And so um, for a lot of us, it just it can just you know take the wind out of you because of that. But I found that when I think about you know what God is in control and He knew that that was going to happen before I did, and he allowed it for a reason. And so I take that approach. That's how I look at it, and that's my attitude with it. But really, my relationship with him keeps me focused, and he keeps me happy, regardless of everybody else. I can be happy with him. That's that's a, that's the constant. That's the constant, yeah. you know, an, an un, unchanging, consistent creator. That's the constant in a world. <laughs> When nothing yes, is in the world, that's not. <laughs> yes, that's the constant that keeps you yes. that keeps you going. Now, we we talked about your your, I mean your hectic schedule, and I was sort of relieved when you said, "Oh, I'm retired." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> good," because I was thinking, "Wow, how's she getting all this done?" Now, it can take a lot of time and energy, Paulette, to market novels. I don't care if you're working full-time and you're using some of your income from your full-time job to help market your novels with, or your nonfiction books. And I've always been told that nonfiction sells better than, than novels. But it, it takes time. You have to have a mm-hmm. system. You have to have a plan. It takes time and energy to market books. And you often don't even realize that till you publish one and you're like, even when people said you don't know how much until you get out there and do it. Now, being that you have to write and market your own books, and you have several books out there, and then you said you also have the books in in progress, 
Why did you decide to start marketing other people's works? You already have to put all this time and energy into marketing your own. What in the world made you sit back and say, oh, I don't have enough to do? And you, you decided to start marketing other writers' works. Why did you decide to do that? <laughs> you know what? When I wrote my first book, it was because of this. Because when I wrote my first book, I realized the importance of marketing. I realized that my publisher wasn't going to market my book the way that I thought that they were. And so I had to have a totally different mindset when it came to marketing. And because of my own personal experience, and I remember how it was for me as a first-time author writing my very first book, and because of that, that really um, inspired me to help other um, other authors with their uh, with their books. And I created um, my virtual book tour, which is right now Virtual Book Tours, WNL Book Tours. I created that for the sole purpose of helping other authors market, promote. Um, their work because I remember how it was. And I love marketing. I love promoting myself. I love promoting others. And it gives me such a um, a sense of uh, gratification to know that I was a part of someone else's vision. I was a part of someone else's dream. I was a part of helping someone else fulfill their dream. And that's really what it's about. And so I find such um, satisfaction in sharing um, other authors' books with readers. And so um, my business is to connect their books to readers, and I do that with um, my virtual book tours. I do that with coaching. And so it has just really been um, uh, an inspiration for me because of my own previous experience to be in a place where I can do uh, help other authors uh, market and promote their books. I take the work from them, you know, and it gives me great joy to be able to do that. Okay. I, that, and and I'm sure you probably also saw as you, particularly with the Internet, that there was a need, you know, that, that there, there was a mm-hmm. need where there's only so much time, and some people don't really know how to market their own books, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm hopeful do today's show that we can give them some tips, some valuable things they can take away that not only will they listen to the show and learn more about your books and you uh, and your website, again, I want to give out paulettharper.com, P-A-U-L-E-T-T-E-H-A-R-P-E-R.com, paulettharper.com, with those who are interested in learning more about it, particularly as we go through the last 20 minutes of today's show, and we talk more about the marketing uh, services that Paulette offers. Uh, what top three mistakes, Paulette? Because a lot of times we can think we're doing things the right way, and then we later find out. I know I've certainly gone through this several times, not just in books, but just in my life. And I thought I was doing the right thing, and I later found out, wow, I was really doing it the wrong way. <laughs> what top three <laughs> mistakes do you see writers make over and over? They don't know they're making a mistake. Mm. What are the top three mistakes you see writers make over and over when they're promoting and marketing their books? We want to try to help some folks today. Okay. One of the things that um, I have come across is um, a lot of um, authors, they wait till the book is already out, and then they start mm. promoting their book. And when you do it like that, you got to play catch-up. 
you know, and it's very hard to market a book that's already out there when you don't have readers, you know. And so um, I've seen that more times than I would care to, to, to note, but it does happen. And so authors have to realize that they have to start marketing their books, you know, you know, six months. I mean, some some authors, you know, they market their books a year in advance, and it can be done. And so you don't want to wait until your book is already out there and then say, oh, I have a book out there. You know, you do yourself an injustice, and you do your readers an injustice as well. So that's one thing. And then another thing that I um, that I see is that authors don't, um, they don't know how to brand themselves, meaning that they don't know how important it is to have an online presence. I know some authors who, who um, release books and, and they don't have a website. And I'm like, well, how are people going to find you? If you're not on social media and you don't have a website and you don't have a blog, how are people going to find you? Because in, in today's um, uh, marketplace, people are finding one another on the social network. They're finding each other on uh, being online. And so authors don't have um, a, a website. And then also um, I found that uh, I shared with a group just last week about uh, when they write a book, don't think everybody is going to love your book. And they they got kind of quiet. <laughs> and I said, you know, you have to find your audience. You have to find your niche. You have to find mm-hmm. the people that want your book. And I said, you know, if you've written a, a fiction book, you may have some people that don't want to read fiction books. And so you don't want to market to them. You don't want to talk to them about your, your fiction books when they you know are interested in maybe some historical or maybe something, you know, some other genre. So you have to really find who your audience is. And that's really how you're going to market and, and promote yourself based on identifying your audience. You know, there was a book before I published my first book that came out, and I, Dan Poitner wrote it. I, I, it's yes. to me like the Bible of self-publishing. I wouldn't even recommend self-publishing without getting that book, but that's one thing, what you said. Yes. Don't wait until the book comes out to start marketing it because you're way behind. So I've heard people say at least six months, start talking Not about true. that book, start getting the word out, whether you do it through mm-hmm. online radio shows like here at Off the Shelf, whether you do it through your social media networks, but and then and then try to come through uh, uh, several different angles. Like you can put start putting some uh, images of the book and things up at Pinterest. Start getting uh, getting some conversations going on LinkedIn, and, and some way it ties into the uh, forum that you're on. Go into the right groups that your book is for the people who would be more most interested in your book on Facebook and Twitter and really start getting getting the work at word out. You can do postcards through I'm not plugging this company but Vista Print I think does like mm-hmm. they do cheap yeah. printing. You can start doing postcards, sending them get out in person and go to networking networking events. You can get then give out bookmarks, postcards, uh make sure your website URL is on those. Start getting the word out. Free excerpts if you go to book book fairs, and a way to to get yourself so you don't have to pay a fee to go to some um, some large festivals. Where I'm I'm talking where like ten thousand and more people are coming mm-hmm. through. 
volunteer mm-hmm. at those events. Then you don't have to pay the fee, where some of those fees are expensive, and then see if they will let you, as a volunteer, hand out some of your work. Now you get you get it in there for free. You get to volunteer, talk to people when you're volunteering to build some more networking and relationships and get the word out. You can start doing that, like you say, six months to a year before your book comes out. Start the pre-orders for your book. And then mm-hmm. that, that really helps to get it out there. And you might even want to give out a few free copies of your book to influence people if it's really a right. book and they can start some buzz some buzz around your book and then getting press releases and those types of things out to start marketing your book all that said I, I definitely want to ask from your experience you said the when we both have talked about marketing a book before it comes out is there a best time Paulette based on what you've seen because you've marketed for several authors is there a best time to start marketing a new book well, you know what, I think, um, you know, once a, an author realizes that they, you know, are going to write a book and they're, um, you know, if if the manuscript is in the editing stages of it, um, you know, they can start marketing or even, you know, just talking about their book um, as they're, you know, as they're writing and as it is, it, as it, you know, getting closer to publication and whatnot, they can always just, like you said, I mean, you gave some really great examples about, you know, you know, plugging your book in and getting the buzz out there. So many things that you can do before your book, you know, hits the market. And so as far as timing goes, I mean, you really, especially for a first-time author and no one knows who, who they are, you want to give yourself ample time, you know, to uh, yeah. do the things that you need to do, you know. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing a, a whole year before your book is out because you, you've given yourself a lot of time to build the momentum up for your book. You've given yourself ample time to get the buzz out for your book. You've given yourself time to get a reader base for your book. So by the time, you know, if an author takes a whole year, you know, six months to a whole year to start plugging their book in, and so, you know, they're talking about their book, they're doing all the things that they need to do, and by the time their book gets here, oh, my God, they have such a reader base mm. of, of, of readers just hungry, you know, saying, when your book coming out? When your book coming out? When your book coming out? And so when they say, okay, my release date is this day, you know, they'll have, you know, readers buying those books. And so they really have to think about those kind of things. And, and that's one thing that a lot of uh, some authors, first-time authors, don't consider when they're writing their book. They're thinking just about, you know, the manuscript and getting it done, not thinking right. about the concept about, okay, how am I going to get my book into readers' hands? Right, Sometimes that's right. the last well, thing that they think about. There's so much I want to cover with you, and I can already see with the time. We're not going to get to everything, but I definitely want to get as much, much in here that will benefit uh, our reader listeners as possible. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about a, a few more tips, but I think that point you made, if you're a first-time author, you might need to give yourself a little more leeway time, advanced mm-hmm. time to market. And make sure you bring your book out when you say you're going to so you don't do all that marketing and then you're like, oh, it'll be out in six more months and then the readers are waiting again and you're like, oh, it'll be out in three more months. So make sure mm-hmm. that it, it, your book comes out when you when you are advertising that your book will come out. That said, now you do marketing and I definitely want to talk about the services that you offer before we close today's show, which we only have 13 more minutes, but I, I definitely want to get to that. But 
uh, uh, can you tell us when somebody, if they go like with services with you, should they also continue marketing the book on their own, or should they just give it the services to you? That's 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 the first question. Then I got another question that I want to ask you. So let me let you answer that one first. Um, You know, when you're marketing the book, whether you use me or you hire, you know, a a publicist to do it, um, you as an author, you want to continue marketing your book. I'm still marketing my very first book, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. and that book came out in 2008. And that's really, if you want your book to stay alive in the the minds of people before readers, you're going to constantly market your book. And so um, it takes, you know, the author and, and, and someone else working with with them, if they have that, they can, you know, do that to help market. But that is something that you, you just cannot stop doing. And if you want your book to be sold, you want to, you know, um, you have a message that you think readers want to hear or want to read, then you definitely have to continue marketing your book before the, you know, before you hire me, during the time you hire me, and even after you, you know, you hire someone. That's a responsibility of the author. No, and I I agree with that. I agree with that. So I'm glad we got that out the way. I want to share a few more tips with writers that they can take advantage of when they're marketing their books because whether you go to – years ago, if you went to a large publisher, they would pay for that for you. Even big publishers aren't doing that unless you are a big, big name Mm -hmm. author. You really don't even need that much publishing if you're Stephen King or J.K. Rowling. You just say J.K. Rowling released a new book or you just say uh, 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 Toni Morrison came out with a new book. Correct. When you get to that – that level, you just say that you release a new book, and that does a lot of the work for you just because of your name. You've, you've, your name, you're branded. But some of the mm-hmm. tips, things like setting up an Amazon page at Amazon and linking it maybe, creating a blog that you talk mm-hmm. about maybe your characters or different things in your book, linking that blog to Amazon so when people go to your Amazon page, they see your latest blog updates. That's one tip. Creating like mm-hmm. a um uh, at Facebook, you create a page for your book. Maybe you put some excerpts, you put some teasers about your book. Maybe you do some giveaways. And all this is to develop a following. So people mm-hmm. who will, they will buy not only that book, but any other book or project that you come out with because they start to feel like they know you. Developing your own your own mailing list, whether you do it through a, 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 a like a constant contact. I forget some of the other um email programs that you can use. So like if Facebook went away or Twitter, all those followers you have, you wouldn't have none of their contact information because you don't own that. But if you get it, if you develop your own database and these other programs that meet social medias go away, you still have, you can still keep in touch with those people. Those are three tips. Can you share a few other tips with our off-the-shelf listeners that they can take advantage of? And this applies to more than just books. This applies to if you if you're selling some other product or your web designer to, to create a following. Do you have any other specific tips you can share with our listeners that they could take advantage of? Sure. If they have a um, a, a website, they can actually um, download, or I should say, they can create on their website um, a sample chapter for a free a free download. So somebody comes to their website and they're offering a free, you know, first chapter um, of their book to a potential reader. In exchange for that download, you can capture an email address. 
And so that's how yes. you're going to really yep. build your, you know, your, your reader mm-hmm. list, you know, in your newsletter. You know, if you want to yep. do a newsletter, that's how you're going to get your email addresses. So you mm-hmm. want to um, put a sample chapter on your website, and that that, that, uh, that chapter is really a teaser because if somebody comes on your website and they don't really know you, they have that opportunity to get a free chapter of your book so that, you can or they can, you know, read about who you are as an author and then in exchange for that you now have an email address so when yes. you get a new book, yes. you know, when you mm-hmm. do a newsletter, you can, you know, send mm-hmm. that out to them and let them know. So that's one. And then also, um what um you can also do what what I was really what helped me was doing article writing. That really helped ah. me as an as an author because uh, what I did when I did article writing was I took a chapter out of one of my books and I just you know kind of tailored it a little bit and kind of you know tweaked it a little bit but made it fit to the article that I was writing on that you know, for that magazine. And so that's a great way to build an audience. That's a great way so um, people who are in that, you know, um, in that contact list for the magazine and their reader base, you know, they can, you know, find out who you are as an author and you've written an article, you know, because the magazines, they have their guidelines on there. Sometimes they have different topics that you can write about. And you don't know, you you just don't know something that you've already written in your book can, you know, be used somewhere else. In, 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 in that article, yes. Yes, yes. So that's that's another great, you know, tool that, you know, writers can do. is And that builds their credibility as an author yes. and as a writer, you know. And so um, you can also do, um, they can enter their books and contests. That's great. Yes. You know, uh-huh. those are always great ways to, you know, really market and promote themselves. And you know what? If you do do blog, guest blogging or articles, make mm-hmm. sure ask them if you can include in your byline, the, if not the title of your book, if they can include. They might not let you include your website URL, but if you can include the title of your book in your byline, uh that that can give you exposure as well. But ask them if they'll let you include your website URL if you're writing for a magazine or a newspaper. They may let you, and that's another way, particularly if you do a local newspaper, a column for a local newspaper, or you get on a local, not not an Internet, but a local radio station and you're on every week, if they'll let you plug your book and your website. The, I, I knew Noah Station, WNAP, where somebody would come on, I think, once a week, and she sold thousands of books that way. So that's another way to get some exposure um, for off-the-shelf listeners. And this applies not only to books, but to other products and services as well. I cannot believe that we only have six minutes left. I definitely have to ask you, can you let us know the services that you offer and wh- what are the types of authors that, who you, who you represent? Okay. Uh, some of the services that I offer, I have my virtual book tours, which is WNLBookTours.com, and then I also offer um, Authors Coaching. And with my virtual book tours, um, it's a, a great way to market an author's book in the fastest amount of time, reaching a larger amount of readers. And so they can go to my website and check out um, the um, tours. 
I also do the radio tours, and um, I also do book blasts, which has been a really, really uh, great success for one of my uh, one of my services. And then um, my coaching, I can help an author, no matter what state she is in or he is in, to help him get to um, the the end result and ultimately publishing their book and then marketing and promoting their books as well. So my coaching. Uh, information is also on my WNLBookTours.com as well as my packages for my virtual book tours. Now, the book blast, where does that go? Does that, is that, how, where does it go and how often do you do the blast? If it's on Twitter, do you do three blasts a day? If it's on Facebook, where, how many blasts comes mm-hmm. in that package? And where mm-hmm. are you doing these blasts? Are they going to Facebook, Twitter? Are they going to StumbleUpon? Are they going to Pinterest? Are they going out to LinkedIn, depending on the type of the book? Okay. Um, uh, I, uh, I also promote for um, the genre that I um, promote. I do fiction, nonfiction, Christian. I just don't do erotica and, you know, the street lit, the bad cussing and all of that. I don't do that. Okay. So my, my guidelines are also on my website as well. But anything else, um, I'll, you know, love to help promote an author. And if they're not sure, they can, you know, contact me. But with the book blast, a book blast is um, exposure for the authors on one day. And so what I do is I reach bloggers. And so bloggers agree to post the author's book um, their book, their bio, their social link, website links, um, any excerpts from their book. And so um, it can be their book trailer and whatnot. And so this book blast will go out and promote this author um, on the blogger's um, page. It goes to Facebook. I promote on Twitter. Um, any social networks where I can cha- uh, I can share that, um, that's how this book blast is done. And so on a, um, I've been averaging about um, up to 25 bloggers um, promoting wow. an author on one day. So you're talking about massive yeah. exposure for an author. Yeah, that is you know, exposure. Yeah, it really is. And so what I like to do is I like to take stats from my bloggers. And so um, they tell me how many people have, you know, visited their sites. And I have one blogger who has like 60,000 hits in a month, and that is fabulous. That's incredible exposure Mm -hmm. for an author. So the Book Blast is is a one-day event, but it's massive exposure. So a lot of authors who've just written a book or um, they have a book coming out, they want to, um, this is a great way to say, hey, my book is coming, um, to get the, you know, to let the readers know, hey, this book is on the rise, you know, this book is coming up soon. And so a lot of authors have really taken advantage of that in addition to my virtual book tours. That's something that's ongoing, you know, between three days, up to two months, they can get promoted um, to that service. And I've got to ask you, with, uh, I'm, gonna, we, I'm chewing at the last few minutes. <laughs> I've got to ask you, um, how many radio stations are included in that, that, that tour, that radio tour? Do you do like a dozen or about how many radio stations do you work with on that tour? Yeah, the radio stations um, is up to six interviews, and it lasts up to two months or 60 days. And then some of my radio uh, interviews are also included in my virtual book tours because some authors just want to do radio. And so I've tried to tailor um, fit my packages around the needs of the authors. So with uh, my virtual book tours, some of them have radio, some of them don't. It just depends on the needs of the author. 
Okay, we are really, really down to the wire, you guys. <laughs> if, you, if you came in late on a day on this show, because there were a lot of tips shared, and these are free, and if you had to pay for them at a public speaking event, you could, you, you might have really had to reach into your your wallet. And and these were free, so I encourage you to go back, listen to the show, spread the word to other people, so they can take advantage of these tips as well. Um, but can you tell us where people can get copies of your books, Paulette, before we go? Okay. Um, they can purchase copies on Amazon and also Barnes & Noble, and they can actually go through my website, com, and they can connect with me there if they want to get an autographed copy of any of my books. I also have an author's manual that I've put together. It's, um, they can um, download it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. They have a lot of um, tips in there. Some of the tips that we've talked about today are in that manual, so I encourage them to um, you know, grab a copy of that. Connect with me on Facebook and also on Twitter. And, um, yeah, I'd love to hear from them. They can email me at info at paulaharper.com as well. Okay, and she's just taking on new clients, you guys, and you can tell yes. from today's show that she knows what she's talking about, and she can get you some exposure, particularly with that blogging and then her, her online radio interviews with the different things that she does. And that book for authors is titled, if you're looking for it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble, et cetera, it, or you go to her website, it's Right Now Author's Manual, W-R-I-T-E, Right Now Author's Manual by Paulette Harper. Again, that's Right Now Author's Manual by Paulette Harper. Her website is www.pauletteharper.com. You can learn more about her services, whether you want to do radio, whether you want her to do a blog blast or some other one of her other services. Uh, and she has a that 25 blog blogs, that's a, that's a lot of exposure in one day. But Paulette Harper, again, is P-A-U-L-E-T-T-E, h a r p e r dot com and the and the book for the writers again is right now author's manual but other books that she's written some novels some nonfiction include that was then this is now victorious living for moms again the right now author's manual living separate lives completely whole which we talked about those two and princess Nieve, Nie- Nevia, which is a children's book, and we didn't even have the time to talk about it. We didn't even have the time to get to it. That's how fast these (laughs) off-the-shelf interviews go. I I almost never, ever, ever get through all the questions. They just go that fast. So we want to thank Paulette Harper. We've run completely out of time. We want to thank her for being here with us on Off the Shelf today. Please go tell folks, especially people who have a product or a service, to tune, tune in to the archives to today's show Pass the word, pass the word, pass the word, so they can get the tips and advice that are com- we gave out completely for free. We didn't charge you anything to get these tips and advice that you can start taking advantage of right now. So, again, support Paula Harper and her books, paulaharper.com. Thank you for being here with us. To all of our off-the-shelf listeners, as I always tell you, and I hope one day you really, really grasp this, and I hope one day I fully grasp it, you are so amazing. You are awesome. You are just incredible. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time, and we will bring you another fabulous guest who will give you more than what you think you came here for. You'll get more than what you think you came here for when you listen to Off the Shelf Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye for now. Paulette, I'll shoot you an email. Thank you. Bye-bye.